Hi there. It's Create English on Repeat Radio, and we're here in September with our program. My name's Gabor. I'm the host of the program. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening to the program. And this is a podcast for those who don't know uh, in English to improve, to help you improve your English speaking communication skills. And um, so there's different tips I give, and we sometimes do some exercises. And sometimes we have interviews. So anyway, just fun stuff, you know, in order to give you some complimentary tips to your learning. Today we're going to start talking about fluency and why it is important to look at it the right way and, uh, and what it means and how it plays a role in becoming a better speaker and, you know, Uh, improving your communication skills in English. And uh, that's going to be in the first part. In the second part, we're going to look at some tips for presentations. So what is the biggest challenge for most Spanish speakers and speakers in general of other languages when it comes to learning English and understanding English? It's usually spoken English, which is more difficult than, you know, reading and doing grammar exercises and stuff. Now, why does that happen? Why is spoken English so difficult to understand sometimes? We're going to look at some of the reasons and what you can do about it to improve your comprehension skills. Now, obviously, it all depends also on what level you are at currently. So if you are a beginner or elementary pre-intermediate level, that's different from being advanced or having a proficiency level. But there's always challenges when it comes to understanding spoken English. And there are various reasons for this. Um, one of the reasons is that English has a specific rhythm to it. So if you're not used to that, then you don't expect things the way they sound. So you kind of expect something else to hear. And it just doesn't come together. When you see the text written down, it's easy to understand many times or easier. But when, you know, when you hear it spoken, it just, it's just a mess. <laughs> so, so that happens because uh, the way words are connected and linked. Okay. Uh, that's one of the reasons. Another reason, of course, is vocabulary that you might not know. So if you're not familiar with the vocabulary, if you're not familiar with the topic they're talking about, That will make it more difficult, of course. And then uh, understand what words they're saying, what expressions they're saying, and, well, to understand what they're talking about. Now, uh, there's one thing here I mentioned, and it's linking words. And this is important because in English, uh, if you want to achieve fluency, like, you know, everybody wants to be a fluent speaker uh, with time. Of course, you need, it takes time to become a fluent speaker in, in a language. But in English, if you want to be a fluent speaker, you need to work on different areas. And one area is observing how English connects words together. So uh, I'm going to explain this. I have a video that on, it's on YouTube, so you can, you can watch it on my YouTube channel. And um, I'll put the link in the uh, description below. So that video explains how fluency and word linking are connected. And they are connected, but they're not the same thing. 
So what I want to point out here is that if you want to become a fluent speaker, don't focus on improving your speed. Don't try to speak faster, thinking that it will convert you into a fluent speaker. Because fluent speech is the first before speed. That is, you can be fluent speaking slowly as well. So your focus should be speaking in a way that the words are connected in a flow and they create bigger parts, expressions, phrases, and those are the elements, the components for a sentence. And then sentences are used to describe, you know, ideas and and then that's how it works. That's how you transmit information. But to be fluent, don't put your focus on speed because speed is the result. So when you work on speaking more fluently, then things will become easier to connect. And because they're easier to connect, your speed will increase gradually in a natural way. You don't need to force it. You don't need to go after it because it will happen with sufficient practice and practice the right way, of course. So that's point number one. But if you connect words the right way and you know you, you, you speak in a connected way, connected speech, doesn't mean you are a fluent speaker. You can say things in a fluent way, certain things, okay? But you're still not a fluent speaker just because of that. You also need grammar and vocabulary. And you need, of course, to be able to manage uh, conversational situations in a fluent way. So the word fluent kind of has these two meanings. One is when you feel comfortable talking in any given situation, which is not very you know, technical or specific, maybe not that, but, but in everyday situations, you feel comfortable and you can handle and manage those situations. And um, the other meaning is how fluent your speech is, that is, how the words are connected or how the words are not connected. Okay, so that's, that's kind of the other meaning of fluency. Um, so how, what can you do? What can you do to improve this? Well, you need to practice the right way. Okay. So, um, let's look at some examples here. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. And if you want more, check out my website just go to createenglish.com slash podcast. And I'm going to link to more tips where you will have uh, ways to practice with more phrases and more more examples. But let me give you one here, uh, or a couple rather. Uh, so, you, so you get what I mean, okay? You understand what I mean here. Um, let's say there's a conversation here where two people are talking about what they like to do in their free time. Okay, so there's a question and we're going to look at the words of the question and we're going to look at how these words are connected. So the question is easy to ask. It's easy to ask short questions usually, like, for example, how are you? This is not so difficult, right? Because it's just three words. But if you have more words, you need to know from experience, of course, 
you need to learn how certain words should be used together so you break the, the the whole question break it up into two or three parts maybe so here is this question what do you like to do in your free time you see what do you like to do in your free time this is 10 words 10 words but when we read it or when we say it we don't actually separate the 10 words we connect certain words and that will make it sound more fluent what do you like to do? What do you like to do? I can do this fast. What do you like to do in your free time? What do you like to do in your free time? What do you like to do in your free time? It doesn't matter how fast I go or how slow I go. I can go slower. Look. What do you like to do in your free time? Or even very slowly, like, what do you like to do in your free time? And I am still fluent. I'm still connecting words. Just for example, take uh, a grandparent talking to his or her grandchildren and just telling stories and you know maybe when you're 90 maybe you speak slower okay but that doesn't mean you are not an a fluent speaker if you're speaking your native language the language that you have been speaking all your life you are fluent in that language but when it comes to telling stories to your grandchildren maybe you tell them stories this way you know when I was a child, you know, we used to play in the park, but we had no mobile phones, we had no television, so we spent all our afternoons out in the open air, etc., etc. So, just because you speak slower, you're still speaking fluently, right? Connecting words. So, so let's look at our example here which says what do you like to do in your free time i can do it slowly what do you like to do in your free time or even more slowly like what do you like to do in your free time which is when you slow down you know uh <laughs> the player a video player right you play it at you know half speed or so but i can do it fast what do you like to do in your free time what do you like to do in your free time? Even like crazy fast. And people would understand it. Like, you know, uh, a native speaker would easier understand uh, it within limits, of course. But they would understand what the question is because they are used to the connection of the words. This way of the connection of the words. So, so how does this benefit you as a learner? Well, it, it benefits you if you practice this way because... It will improve your speaking so people will understand you better. Second, because uh, it will also train your ear. So the better you speak, the easier you will understand good speakers. You know, it's logical. So if you don't understand advanced or native speakers now, is that because you're not used to those forms of speaking, those ways of speaking, those ways of connecting the sounds. But if you start speaking like that improving your english that way you know and and just imitating those forms and of expression then you are going to build skills listening skills at the same time uh and i'm not saying you should not also just do listening skills apart yeah of course you should that's that's also very good and it's it's essential and it's important but 
speaking correctly and listening are also connected. So here is our example. What do you like to do in your free time? Just listen what happens when I say this and listen to the melody. How are these words connected? What do you like to do in your free time? What do you like to do in your free time? I can say that I hear two or maybe three peaks or you know more dynamic points and the rest is just quick and connected. And I hear this. What do free? Okay? Not one, two, three. No, no, no. What do free? That is, what do you like to do in your free time? Exaggerated now, but paying attention to these three points, these three peak points, uh, creates a flow, which makes it easier to say. Just try. If you try to say it in a flat way and you try to say each word at the same volume, it's going to be more difficult. What do you like to do in your free time? What do you like to do in your free time? It doesn't matter what pitch or melody you use, but if you don't make a difference between, if you don't make a contrast between uh, certain words and other words, it's going to be more difficult to connect the words. So, what do you like to do in your free time? So easy. When you put the accent or the stress rather on the right words that carry the meaning and the other words are just kind of less important in terms of dynamics, not in terms of meaning or grammar. They are important. They're grammar words, but you don't overemphasize them or you don't emphasize them more than the information words. And in this case, our information words are what? Because I want to know what and not when or where. So what is an important word? And also do and free are important words because I want to know what you like to do, not what you like to eat or what you like to, to think or watch. I, I want to know what you like to do and when in your free time. So not, you know, not other times, not at the weekend, not uh, during the morning, but in your free time. So I'm going to emphasize these three. What do you like to do in your free time? And there you go. There you have it. It creates a natural, more natural sounding flow to the question. Okay, so in summary, if you want to become more fluent sounding when speaking, it's a good idea to start listening to these details, to these nuances. And, um, and so the way you listen, the way you correct your speech, and then your corrected speech will in turn help improve your listening skills again. This is Create English on Ripollet Radio. My name is Gabor. We're learning about how to improve your English communication skills. If you want to have more information, check out my website. Go to createenglish.com slash podcast. Create English, just like the name of this program with one E in the middle. So there you will find more information about the content of the podcast. And I'm going to upload more 
materials related to the podcasts. Like, for example, today we talked about, you know, fluency. So I'm going to just link to uh, materials where you can review and check this uh, and see the written form as well. So, um, yeah, let's let's move on. So this was the first part, okay? So we talked about fluency building and communication. And uh, now I'd like to um, take a look at uh, presentations. So um, many of the people who work at companies at some point have to do presentations and um, of course it depends on your um, position but if you are you know uh, in some kind of a product area you might have to speak about your product or if you're a manager you probably need to talk about your project etc so so presentations are usually part of company life and uh, if you have to do them in english then you might uh, you know come up against certain obstacles and we're going to talk about them today in part not not the whole thing we won't have time for that but let's just uh, touch on some of the main points and let's see what you can again do about them in order to improve your presentations so let's get down to it let's get started uh, first of all when it comes to doing presentations in English what you need to consider first is presentations in general. So it doesn't matter what language it is, but really when you're when you do a presentation, when you're, you're on stage, okay? Let's say it's a public speech or or you present a project on stage or in a meeting room, but in front of an audience face to face. That's um, that's maybe the, the classical way. Today it's uh, very common and it's becoming more and more common to to do presentations online through video conferencing. Which is kind of similar to the face-to-face but it's still of course it's not so there are certain key differences that uh, are also like uh, need to be you know taken into account but the basis for both is really remembering a couple of things and let's just um let's just look at these for now so number one is if you want to improve your presentations remember that you are talking to an audience and your audience are listeners they are listeners in the first place you see their faces they see your face um, you're showing slides no matter if you are in a meeting room or if it's a video conference you are still talking to an audience who are your listeners in the first place so just use visuals in a clever way which is not distracting that is use visuals sparingly or when you use slides don't overcrowd the slides with text and images that distracts the person who's listening or the people who are listening to you because the slides should support your presentation as a speaker it shouldn't be an obstacle so use bullet points and you know don't use a lot of text just uh, the main words the keywords that help the uh, the listener to follow you listening to you and you know just uh, they just lead their eyes through the text and they 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 it kind of reinforces what you're saying so they they can follow the points but don't forget that they are your listeners and not readers in the first place the next point is related again remember that you're talking to people now what i mean by this is that 
especially on in the online sphere when you're um in the online space when we're doing a presentation online you know you've got your camera and the microphone and and the sound is a little um you know i mean the sound quality is good but there's you can't speak at the same time because it doesn't really work uh you shouldn't speak at the same time anyway <laughs> you know but but anyway uh there are these small you know um points that you need to uh learn how to handle while keeping in mind that you're talking to people so uh, it's not easy to keep an eye contact uh, through the camera, right? Because <laughs> if you look at the screen, you're not looking into the camera. And if you're not looking into the camera, then you are not looking... I mean, the people don't perceive it as you're as you looking at them uh, in the eye. But anyway, just try to remember that the, when you look into the camera, that's when you're looking into the other people's eyes virtually, you know? Um, that's one thing. Uh, the second thing is that, uh, which is actually more important than, than this detail, I think, is the way you speak. So the way you do your presentation should be uh, speaking to people, okay? So even if it's um, a screen you're looking at, there might be a tendency of becoming a little flat or kind of like monotonous and like kind of machine-like, you know? But you probably need to do something to counterbalance that. So maybe to speak with a little bit more energy than you would in in a, in a physical space. So maybe a little bit more energy and a little bit more uh, presence, like okay, like people talking to people. So so your speaking doesn't turn into a dry technical speech, especially if you're you know f- presenting figures and de- and data and all that. Um, it's especially hard not to sound dry, you know? So just remember you're talking to people and that should help you to sound a bit more, you know, a bit friendlier and and just uh, more natural. Now, number three, uh, if you really want to improve your presentation style and use new expressions and you want to learn new expressions, then you should be disciplined. What does this mean? It means that when it comes to practicing, and I said practicing, yes, what does this mean? That before you do a presentation, you should practice it at home, of course. I mean, any uh, any serious presentation must be practiced beforehand so you don't mess up. You don't, you don't, you know, you know what, what steps you're following, you know your uh, script, and in general, you just, you just learn how to handle uh, you know, the technical details with ease as well. So, Yes, you need to do some rehearsal and practice at home. Now, when you're practicing, uh, and if you want to learn new expressions, then just, I mean, <laughs> acknowledge the fact that it might be kind of boring to repeat the same expressions the same way several times, but that's, don't change, don't improvise until you have learned them. If you want to learn them, then don't change them until you have learned them. Um, because... Um, if you keep changing, like, you know, uh, you've, you've got a selection of 10 new expressions you want to learn and you start using them, but the second time you practice, you just swap one or two for something else. And then the third time you swap another two or three for something else, you're not really practicing the new ones. You can improvise later, but if you want to learn new expressions, use them and use them again and again, even if it feels kind of boring. 
To do improvise is great when you're ready for it. Give yourself time and it will come. And the fourth point is rehearsing and delivery are two different things. So when you rehearse at home, then focus on the technique. Focus on the way you speak. Slow down if you're if something's not working, figure it out, do it again, go back, repeat, you know, try try your ways of becoming sounding convincing, sounding and looking comfortable, convincing and self-confident. Uh, you 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 will need that. You will need that energy to transmit that if you really want, especially when you're selling a product. Maybe when it's a technical presentation about some some I don't know some uh, procedures or some just some uh, I don't know new ways of doing things at the company. Maybe that's not that important. But but if the presentation is about a product or you want to pitch a product or you want to uh, you know uh, convince the other person to buy something from you or to um, to do business with you, then you really need to sound and look confident. And uh, and that's what you build through practice when you rehearse. Now, when you are doing the presentation, don't worry about the technique. Don't focus on that. It should be already practiced. You have practiced as much as you could, uh, but when you're doing the presentation itself, don't worry about you know the tone of your voice and uh, i don't know how how you pace your your speaking don't worry too much i mean you can't really control all of this easily at the beginning it should rather be more automated than consciously controlled um and the reason is because if you are focused on on stage if you're focused on the technique and all that it's just going to take your attention away from draw your attention away from uh from the content from what you want to say and from sounding convincing just it's just like any performer any like a singer or a musician when you're on stage you have one role and one thing to do to contact with the audience to communicate to have communication with the audience so it's just an actor an actress a musician a singer that's what they do. That's what they should do on stage. You know, they are there to connect with the audience and to, to give them something. And you can't be worried about the technique. Okay. That's not the place and the time for that. So practice as much as you can. Get ready for your presentation. But when you're doing the presentation, focus on what you're saying and that you're talking to people. And it should work nicely, even if you make some. You know, if it's not perfect, it's not going to be perfect the first time, quite likely. But, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as you transmit the information, as long as people feel that energy and they feel that, hey, this person who did the presentation was convincing, then it's, it will be much easier to, to be, for them to be convinced about your product and your service as well. So this goes for product presentations, business presentations, but it, this goes for any kind of presentation as well. Uh, I mean... It's just communication and and you need in communication you need energy. People perceive the energy. It's not just the words you say, it's the way you say them. It's the way you sound and look. And um, of course there's a lot more to this, but I just wanted to point out these four. So in summary, uh, remember that your audience are listeners, so don't overcrowd your slides uh, and the visuals. 
you are talking to people, they're listening to you, and the slides and the visuals are only to support what you're saying. Second, when you're doing your presentation, remember you're talking to people, okay? Uh, which means uh, sound like a conversation and not like uh, some technical speech. Third, uh, if you decided to use certain expressions and learn them, you want to learn them, then use them when you practice. So you practice them until you learn them. And then after that, you can change and improvise. And the fourth one is delivery. Like practice and delivery are two different things. When you practice, do everything in order to polish and, and, and you know perfect your presentation. But when you're doing the presentation, don't worry too much about the technique. Focus on the content, the information that you want to transmit and your audience and it should work nicely. Um, with practice, of course, everything improves. So, well, you know, we, we're again at the end of the program, so we need to finish now. And thanks for your uh, attention. Thanks for listening. For information about what we talked about today and other uh, tips on English, go to createenglish.com slash podcast. Create English, just like the name of the program with one E in the middle. And I hope to see you there. And if you have any questions, you can contact me and write to me. And I try to answer them in the program. So thanks again. Take care. Practice English. And talk to you next time. Bye now.